Well, good morning, Scotty. How are you? Are you feeling fresh and refreshed? I am as refreshed as we were last time we spoke, John. Which was about... <laughs> well, that was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago, Scotty. Oh, of course it was, yes. It, it, it wasn't when we had this conversation a few minutes ago before you realised you'd not press record at all, was it? No. Yes, two weeks ago. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I am, I am feeling. Uh, well, I was super refreshed from um, uh, from vacation, but I got back a week ago. You know what it's like when you when you go on vacation. It's it's fantastic. It's lovely. You you have a nice time. You you know get a bit of R and R, but then you come back and you've got to catch up with what you didn't do while you're away. So sometimes you get back from a vacation and sort of one week later you're thinking, I'm sure I had a vacation, but I'm not sure where it was or when it was. But um. Yeah, I think that it's like what what is the half life of the the refreshed feeling is, is these days you know measured in minutes from, from opening up your inbox. That is true. Although I I did uh, we were in um, we went to Spain on vacation had a sort of like an off grid shack in the mountains. So um, we had a little bit of solar power for lighting, but no sort of mains electricity. So I couldn't run a laptop. Um, but it did have phone, and um, it took a couple of um, took a power pack. So could keep the phone charged for the week we're away, um, which was uh, uh, which was good, but sort of no laptops. But I, I do, I mean, I didn't necessarily answer email, but I did filter email so that when I got back, there were like, you know, a few to answer. Um, anything was a one-liner, I might do it a bit there, but I didn't, you know. So that was nice, you know, because coming back to, like, you know, 2,000 email messages that you need to work your way through is, is the worst way to start, start things coming back from vacation. But not having the laptop was lovely because it means I couldn't really do any work i could do a bit of you know managing of email but i couldn't really do any work so you know because half the time if you're away the stupid thing is i took my laptops with me i carried two laptops you know a thousand miles to on airplanes and whatever else um and so they did have full batteries when i went but um i never even got them out the bag in the end because i thought well you know the intel laptops only gonna last three hours before it runs out of battery anyway if you're running xcode or something um yeah so it was actually quite nice to not be even tempted to to do any work so it was very pleasant it sounds about like the only way to be able to to avoid cracking the laptop is to make sure that you're in a place where it won't it won't it won't be possible so it won't be worth it because i i honestly cannot think of a time when i've well that's not entirely true but i i find it very very difficult to be somewhere and 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 if i have a laptop not crack it open a little bit yeah i mean because it shows i knew we were going to have no mains electricity so i knew i would be able to charge laptop um so i didn't even take a laptop charger because i knew that was going to be the case but i still couldn't bring myself to leave the laptops at home i still took them with me which is completely and utterly stupid um you know because at most i was going to get to say a few hours out of them um to do stuff but uh yeah because that that sort of challenge there but i guess i guess i felt good because i taking them if there was a complete and utter emergency i could get online and do you know do um do a few hours work or whatever i guess but uh and in, the reality is they sat in the laptop bag and um they never came out and they got carried or carried there and carried back and um there we go well you can say that the reason you brought them was that is the stiff aluminum case would have helped been a help in case there was like an attack of marauding goats or something well <laughs> I think I think I I, I must have been yeah. goat swatter. I think the biggest thing was because I was carrying two laptops. I was carrying a battery charging pack. Um, I was carrying uh, two iPads, um, and my wife has a mobility scooter, which we have to take the 
the battery out of to check in onto the plane, uh, and then we had a spare one of those. So I was probably <laughs> carrying about a thousand <laughs> watt hour whatever of batteries in my bag, which um, uh, you're not supposed to have more than a hundred, I don't think. Um, so basically, the amount of paperwork the aeroplane did to put me on board was uh, quite interesting. But we could get away with it because the mobility scooter batteries you're allowed to carry. Once you've got a three, you know, a couple of three hundred um, watt hour batteries in in your bag, they don't really count the rest of your devices. <laughs> But there we are. So while well, I've been um, busy just uh, enjoying myself and you know, some bit of food and sunshine and whatever else, uh, I mean, have you been keeping the world ticking over? Well, Scott, do you want to know what I've been doing of redeeming social value? That's why I just asked you. Oh, right. You just asked me. I, was, I fell asleep. <laughs> not, not terrible. That's not true at all. Um, I actually have done a couple of things of useful of redeeming social value. I shipped two things, which is nice. It's always good to get things shipped before you go. Um, so I can talk about that a little bit. So the, the first thing that I shipped was a, a whole slate of improvements to the Fast Laughs um, feature, which I believe is available in the UK. It's those short clips of, of, of funny videos. And um, this was a test that had, had been run, and it was product. The decision to productize it was made some time ago, and then there were just a bunch of improvements that have had had stacked up, um, and a, and a bunch of accessibility improvements. I think I've spoken about it, so I think I've talked about it in terms of what I was working on. But it, it finally is out in the world, and then another thing that is finally out in the world for everybody is the the sharing of those videos to Instagram. So you have these these short vertical videos. Um, and it was a fun project to work on. It took a long time because it had to involve a lot of different moving pieces um, to be able to get, you know, a DRM-free video, um, which I could then build an AV composition around um, and, and add the title treatment and add an animation for it and make it work, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. And, and um, I'm actually quite proud of it. You know, it's like one of those things where now that we know how to, 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 to put you know, actual video and composed video and custom video for each user, you know, um, uh, in Instagram that opens up some possibilities for sharing. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, and, but, you know, uh, I think beyond that, I'm, I'm also, you know, it being the end of the year, I know last time we spoke was just before Thanksgiving or it was on Thanksgiving day and we were talking about kind of what we're grateful for. And I was reminded that of it again, um, because, uh, there was a, 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 recent grad who messaged me on Twitter and was asking me for some advice. Um, and it, 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 that and something else that happened yesterday on Twitter made me think is like, wow, I have been doing this shit for a long time. I am old. Um, but we already knew that. But, uh, the, the thing that was interesting that in terms of asking for advice, I just kind of gave out advice that I've, that I've come to realize is true and been giving out for a while. And that, you know, that that APIs will will absolutely change, you know, and 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 tool sets will change, and that the only competitive, truly lasting competitive advantage you have is your ability to look at problems from a different perspective. In that, you know, part of the thing was was you know I've recently recently graduated and I'm in Egypt, and Egypt is pretty far from Silicon Valley, but I think these days I I think it, it hardly matters, and in fact the fact that that, that you you could be from from the most rural part of Egypt, and that in itself would give you a competitive advantage. People wouldn't think that, but I think it's totally true. That whatever whatever different life experience you have, it could be anything that you observe and in your in your environment or any practice you you undertake, music or photography or or, or anything, absolutely anything. I mean, I, I sent him you know my greatest hits of. Of, of blog posts and interviews and, and, and presentations I made. And, and I was able to look back at them in, in, 
and and see how they all did make sense moving forward, which is kind of cool. So I was happy to do that. Would you like to hear the second thing? John, I would love to hear the second thing. Okay. Uh, so I think you know who Dave Weiner is. The you know the, he's a long, long you know long-standing uh, inventor in, in our field, and who you know was a Macintosh developer from the very, very, very early days. Who kind of devoted his life to open standards and outlining tools. And he was I, I first realized that I first used his work with a, an outlining tool called More, which I remember being this amazing early, early, early Mac application, which would allow you to have collapsible outlines. And it was great for g- gathering thoughts and ideas and plans. And, and you know, he's the, the great, great, great granddaddy of that. Um, and he was a, a, you know, a professor, a researcher at, at Harvard and NYU, and, and probably is most recently famous for having invented RSS, really simple syndication, the, the, the XML-based format that's, that makes podcasting possible. Um, and, and he also, I, and, and, and I knew those things, but I didn't know something else, that he was also the, the co-inventor of SOAP, the Simple Object Access Protocol, which was a way of doing web services way the hell back. In the, oh, in, wow, in, yeah, SOAP was late, a, yeah. A, an abomination of horrendousness. I mean, at the time, it did the job it needed to do, but it was yeah. like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, soap makes you clean, and soap was anything but clean. Yeah, yes, I know. I remember, like, you know, show me your Wisdom, whip out your Wisdom, your web services description language, your incredibly com- complex, you know, description of, of what your, your API could do. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, way back then when I was working on a product called uh, Webware Active Media, which was this, this web objects-based digital asset management system, which had a bunch of services related, you know, attached to it. It was, it's, I, you know, it's, it's more than 20 years ago when, when I created that. But one of the big things that we did is that, that we had a SOAP service, you know, we had SOAP services, SOAP-based web services, or and and that gave us an enormous competitive advantage. Um, and it was the only game in town. It absolutely predates JSON and it predates REST. It predates any of these different things. So the idea that you could build a desktop application and people did that. They, you know, they, they, could, they could access our, you know, the, the, the app through a web browser. But then we built specialized plugins for Adobe InDesign and Quark Express with these you know, leading page composition programs so that you could search through your 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 asset management you know repository and find things and place them and and link them and version them and it was it was pretty damn sophisticated for the time and it it, it gave us it gave us an enormous competitive advantage and then when I started working on Memory Miner, one of the big promises I made for myself was that all the work that could be that a user could possibly do for annotating a photo would be saved with the photo itself and. There, Dave Weiner also was was involved with that, and that there was uh, something called RDF, the Resource Definition Format, which was a way of of having an XML data structure with a schema that you could embed in in, in a file, and it was extensible. Was the important point so that you know all the common attributes you could think to describe a piece of media, like the date it was taken, where it was taken, and 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 the title and the and some type of caption, all that stuff that had built or had been you know common industry standards until then, but then there were new ways of thinking about a photo like annotations and, and that were based on specific areas in the photo or the idea of links to people and so on and so forth. So that that work made it possible to, to, to that even now you can take a memory minor annotated photo and, and open up in a lot of different pieces of software. I know I've talked about that however many show episodes ago, but this was a thing where and the reason why I, I think about all this is that for, for is that somebody I follow had retweeted 
you know, a, a blog post that Dave Weiner had made, and he, I, I don't know, I don't know what what prompted him to do it, but he retweeted, he tweeted about a post he made two, in two thousand about the first version of this thing called OPML. The, I, I forgot what it, the acronym is, but it has to do with 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 uh, you know a standard way of of defining hierarchies, um, which is key to, for for building an outline. Um, I think it was like outline something markup language, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> And I was looking at it, and I, I read the the blog post, and I tapped on the link to, to to look at the original spec, and it was a dead link. So I replied and took a couple of uh, back and forth conversations so that you could know what what I was talking about. Then he was thankful that I did the link. But in that original blog post, way back when in two thousand, he talked about the fact that he had sent an email to Douglas Engel, Engart. I think that's the guy that you know. You may have seen this video, the mother of all demos. He was a a researcher and he invented the mouse and then all the, you know, which that alone, but you know, was, was the foundation that made graphical user interfaces and human computer interaction possible in the, in the way that we practiced it for, for decades. It was way ahead of his time. And so Dave Weiner had written to say that, Hey, you know, thank you so much because this is, this is the, the crowning achievement of my work are these specs because they've lived on and they will live on far beyond what I do. And, and, and I learned that from you. And so I, I was kind of toying around with the idea. I probably will end up doing it, sending him a thank you emailed. And so it, it all wraps up together to be able to say that uh, we are still always learning from, from people and there are people out there whose, whose work, you know, it will influence you and, and, and you may even build your entire career based on things that they've worked on. That's absolutely the case for me. And every now and then it's nice to send a thank you note for it because having been on the receiving ends of such notes from people, I'm, it's, I realize what a great feeling it is and it doesn't matter whether, you know, you, you are somebody who's maybe influenced a couple people at work or, you know, thousands and tens of thousands or millions of people with your work, you still, it's nice to, to hear from people to, to know that, that their, your work has mattered to them. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. No, no, it is. That's it's, I mean, I think we take so much for granted, but you know, of what is done and isn't done. And, you know, the thing is with our industry, you know, there are a thousand things of which three last. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the three we just assume have always existed, but they were just one of the thousand things at one point and just fighting out with everything else. Um, and, you know, uh, there's often something to be seen in these ones that meant is what the, you know, is the reason why they lasted as opposed to the others didn't. Uh, you know, sometimes it's literally just luck or whatever else, but you know, it is often down to some, often, you know, the attitude of the people working on it had to it, that you know, they made it more accessible, they made it more, um, you know, they made it open source, they did whatever, they they took a an attitude approach to something that meant it lasted, and we should, you know, we should remember those people and thank them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, on that last point, that was interesting when when he was talking about in the blog post, you know, why he decided to open source it and wasn't he afraid of all the competition? He says that, you know, first of all, he said that if you're, you know, a creative, you should fundamentally oppose to patents on ideas. And he says that what you can do is do trademarks, which which protects your particular implementation of an idea, but not the idea itself. And he says that there's plenty of, of, of room for people to be able to differentiate their work, you know, uh, through all the different ways you can. And that if you protect a particular instantiation of, of an idea, that that makes perfect sense and that is enough protection. And in fact, you know, especially if, you, if you're working on data, which, which what piece of software doesn't, 
you know, the, 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 the added value of, of interoperability trumps, you know, the, the possibility, it trumps having, having a, a, you know, a, a closed, you know, a, a, what do you call it? A, a walled garden. I mean, there's, there's always been discussions about that. That's a whole other separate topic of conversation, but I think it is pretty true that, that open standards over the long run do, do trump, um, Walt Gardens. They certainly do. Well, so, um, can I talk a little bit about something that we're up to at the moment? Yeah, please do, Scotty. I would, the, the audience is exhausted listening to me, so let's give them a ring. So, we're um, we're on the verge of sort of uh, going into beta for the next release of Moneywell. Now, we're in that position that because we took Moneywell over quite a long time ago now, I think probably getting on for three years, um, and this is our first major push out on it. You know, um, we don't. You know, this is a product that's been around for ten years, more than ten years. Uh, but we, as the developers of any, you know, this is our first major thing, and we don't necessarily have a group of established beta testers or anything like that. So we're, you know, we're having to go through the process of how are we, how and who are we going to get to beta test this um this next release and this next release is primarily around syncing although there's quite a lot of you know there's some data structure changes in there um fortunately the release will work on separate data so the current shipping app so we're you know we can say this may screw up your data but we're not going to screw up someone's existing data but i'm sure someone won't realize that but you know how do you know We've got a lot of people who've been using this app for a long time. Uh, a lot of people who want syncing. We've had lots of emails about, oh, I'll help you test syncing. But yeah, we want to. We don't want to suddenly you know, give this app to a thousand people to test next week. Um, yeah, so there. So we've uh, um, we've basically put out a survey for people who are interested in the beta uh, to sort of try and get an idea of who's interested, and then maybe break them down into cohorts. And, you know, for the early, early um, beta when, you know, you, you, the first time you, the guarantee is the first time you put this in users' hands, not our hands, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shit show. It normally is the first time you put it like this. And so you want people who are going to understand that. You want people who are going to, you know, not get too upset by that. They're going to realize that. They're going to be useful in that. Um but equally, you don't want to, you know, and then as the product becomes a bit more stable, as you fix the initial bugs, you can start rolling out to more more people. So, um, you know, we've decided to put together a, you first you have to sign up to our beta list. And then if you do that, you know, you get to take a survey. And we're just, you know, we're just asking a bunch of questions, you know, about people to help us then try and split it down. Um, I mean, not that many questions. I mean, I'll tell you what they're actually. We, we ask people what their technical ability is. You know, um, it's, you know, from, you know, I just, you know, I'm, I'm totally competent and just work out my laptop all the time through to every time I open it, I have to ask someone, you know, how to do something. Uh, yeah, we're asking people how they're using Moneywell and which version they're using. Because, I mean, Moneywell 3 is the current one, but we still have users back on Moneywell 1 and, and you know, Moneywell 2. There was an App Store version of Moneywell, which was about Moneywell 2. Um, there was a money well for the iPad, which is not currently available. So, you know, we're trying to establish what people have, how long they've used it for. Are they a reasonably new user? Have they been using it for, you know, forever? 
how often they use it because often you know this is a budgeting app you know sometimes people do their budgeting once every six months and cram it all in other times people do it every single day so and the way people use money well will be different because i should imagine people who, who use it every day they're putting in a transaction here and a transaction there um they'll, they'll do their budgets where people who are doing it once every six months are more likely to be importing bank large bank files or whatever else of the last six months transactions whatever else so we're trying to establish that uh but we do then ask that question you know how do you mainly get stuff in there are you a multiple currency user we think maybe about 10 percent of our our current user base based on the analysis we know use multiple currencies multiple currency is a makes everything very complicated to have money well in one currency would be life would be a lot easier um but the reality is for you know most people a lot of people other than the usa we deal with different currencies a lot of the time uh how people use it because again the app is the thing is with mac apps unlike ios apps often that's not like you know i won't say that that's too generalistic I think there is more scope within a Mac app for people to use it in many different ways, whereas iOS apps tends to be more more focused, so they tend to get used in maybe a, a reduced number of ways. Whereas, you know, I've said, spoken before, we're a budgeting app, and yet there are some people who don't even know that BuddyWell has budgeting facilities. They just use it to record the transactions that they make. They use it as a recording app. So we do ask a whole bunch of questions about how people use it to try and, to try and work stuff out. And then we ask um, we ask a couple of questions about what do they think is Moneywell's most important current feature? What features were they really hoping for? Um, we ask them what version of the OS they're using. Uh, we ask them how old their Mac is, roughly. Um, whether they intend to use it between different devices and what type of devices those are. Uh, you know how many they're going to do. And then at the end, we ask them for their beta testing experience where we ask them have you ever been a beta test tester before yes for multiple apps or yes just once or no um we ask them to give us an idea if they've said yes of what they've beta tested before so we get in there and then i think the question that's going to reveal the most at the end is we ask them what type of task do you think is required of a money well beta tester um you know that is the that is the one I think that's going to reveal the most to us about uh, whether this is a person in which cohort they're they're going to go in. Of course, you know my answer was when I filled in the sample survey was make tea, uh, write rude support emails, and complain on Twitter to that question. But um, it's uh, there. So uh, yeah, I just thought I'd share that because I mean you're recruiting money well beta testers. You know, it's our first attempt at this, and just wonder if you know, if you'd had any back in your memory minor days you know how you would go about this or if you had any thoughts on that well i mean i would i am lucky that i did have beta testers and i had them fairly early on and it i i couldn't have done a lot of things without it because you know no matter how great you think your code is and and it could be perfectly tested with automation of all sorts of kinds and 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 it it still won't find everything especially if if your app has to interact with other other pieces of software or other bits of data, you know, there's just no way. And so having having beta testers, long-standing trusted beta testers is, is incredibly important. Um, it, it just is. And, and I, there were the, some of the hairiest times is when I, when you would have to go from a, to have a, a database change um, because I, I did that uh, 
at least three or four times over the life of of of, of the app, and that that was the thing that kept me up at, at night because you know you're asking people to put a lot of effort into into annotating photos, and I think in the same way with money, while you're asking people to put a lot of time into to you know organizing their finances from different aspects, and if the record of that blows up, people would be after you with 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 pitchforks. Um, and so, you know, for those that, that, and, and another kind of tricky thing, you know, you, you talked about, you know, do you have, are, are you familiar with computers? <laughs> are you good at computing? But I think the other thing too is, do you have access to shared storage space? Because a lot of times to be able to discover what a problem is, there's no substitute for having the actual full database. And, you know, those end up being quite large. So, um, yeah, I mean, I almost feel like I, I should be. I have at various times put the names of some of the best testers in the in the credits in the about panel, and you know, in fact, one of the earliest, early, earlier beta testers was a professor at Carleton College, um, and I, I, for whatever reason, I was reminded of his birthday because it, it ended up in in my calendar because that was an integration I did. <laughs> it's funny, I see in my calendar, you know, birthday dates for for people I know and and some fictitious dates that I used for for testing and 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 even, you know, yeah, for you know, a bunch of of different people that were originally you know memory minor people. So I see that. So I found that guy's name and. And and found out that he retired two years ago. But um, yeah, beta testers, we love them. Yeah, so the data thing is an interesting one for us because obviously these people put their financial data into this stuff, and they're not necessarily yeah. that keen a lot of the time that we're going to see that data. Uh, there, there are some who do. Um, we use a secure upload service for that. I can't remember which one we use, and um, we have a standard NDA that we will send anyone before they give us our data, telling them what we will do and not do with their data so that we, you know, we've made a commitment to them. I mean, it's still, at the end of the day, they still have to trust us with their data because it's there. But it's, um, yeah, it's totally understandable when some people don't want you to uh, to see their financial data. So the thing is, in a, you know, in, in a beta test world, you, you're going to need to sometimes see that data. But equally, you want people to test this with real data because it's real data that finds the problem. So that is going to be an interesting part of, the the experience um, I haven't put it in the survey because you don't necessarily want to scare people by saying you're going to be able to send us your data because that you know might put people off uh, and it's not necessarily a requirement but um, yeah it, that that might be an interesting interesting part of uh, what goes on is it, will people be really prepared to let us take a look at their data if things are, you know, if things are broken and we're trying to find out you know why. Um, the database on the iOS app and the database on the Mac app, or for or different on two different Macs, whatever it might be, are different. We you know, we might want both sets of data just to so we can do some comparisons. Um, yeah, so uh, that might turn out to be easy. That might turn out to be a complete nightmare. We will see. Wow, um, gosh, Scotty, um, uh, you know, we on, in, on the one hand, we probably want to keep things short to, to to spare the listeners, but do you want to, you know? Since this is probably almost certainly, definitively, quite, quite likely our last show of, of of this year, do you want to do a look ahead for twenty twenty? Well, What's know. the next year? Twenty twenty two. We might we, we might try and squeeze one in this week earlier, but we'll see. I haven't spoken to you about that, have you? So, but I'm getting the sense that maybe you're not arranged. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting. I'll be on. Uh, you know, I'm getting on a, a plane on t- whatever next Tuesday night, and I'm taking a red eye, so I, I won't be up. <laughs> For a while, I mean, we might. Oh, okay, it, no. I'll, I'll be. A, Could, I'll we, be we, we, we might try. We might try and record next Tuesday during your day, then, and then if you're around, and then yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get one. We'll get one out 
don't uh, we do that? But we, we might do. do. No. no commitments. No commitments. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. This is my first week sat here. I'm on a shiny new 16-inch. Oh um, wow. Uh, M1 Pro didn't go for the M1 Max in the end because decided that we there's absolutely you know I don't use GPU stuff for ML or anything and actually all that does those extra GPUs is drain your battery faster um, and everything is said that the processor and the Pro and the Max computing power CPU wise was identical uh, performance wise um, and yeah it's it's the keyboard's nice I like the fact that it's a chunkier machine. But the screen is just beautiful on these mm-hmm. things. I, I know everyone has told me how good they were, but the screen is stunning. Um, so I am a, a very, very um, happy person. And I am I am traveling a little bit tomorrow and, and Friday. I'll be on, on trains for a few hours. So I'm going to be getting an idea of whether, and I'm just going to take it for the two days without a battery pack and uh, without a charger and just see if I get the life that they tell me I should be getting out of this thing. So there'll be an interesting experiment. Well, that sounds lovely. Did you know that you can now travel from Milan to Paris in somewhere between six and seven hours? And it's the first time a high-speed Italian train stock uh, has has gone on Italian on uh, no, French rails, and it was like a great point of pride. That would be a great so. thing to. I love traveling by train around Europe. It's a great way to. It's a great way to travel around Europe. Um, and sadly, we were just uh, myself and my wife were booked on a trip from Switzerland to Paris. So we, I was going to be in Switzerland for a. For a conference, and then we were um, going to take the, the the train from Switzerland through to Paris and spend some time in Paris, just when this pandemic came out in 2020. So I remember that um, I was going to give, be at the same conference. Yes, and uh, so it was. Um, so there we are. There we are. It's. Uh, I, but I do like traveling by train around Europe. Um, my experience of trains in the US have only been like local commuter <laughs> trains, so um, uh, they leave something to be desired. But it's not. It's not a like for like comparison. So I won't. We no. won't go there. We won't go there. So John, let's uh, let's wrap this wrap this thing up because I have to run to a meeting. Um, we will try and get another show in before the end of the year. But um, if people want to send you thank yous for being the awesome person that you are, where should they do that? Well, you can find me on Twitter, where everybody's always thankful all the time about everything. Where I'm Jembe, that's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to welcome you back into the world of work. Where might they do that? Well, they can also do that on Twitter, where I will um, be trying not to bitch too much about the Moneywell beta. Um, <laughs> just to do it. Uh, where I am, Mac Devnet, um, and I would love to hear from you. And um, I would love to hear any people's advice or experience of running their own beta programs. And um, you know, maybe if you send something, we can discuss that a little bit more next week. Well, John, after two weeks, it's been uh, it's been fun to catch up. Um, the 30 minutes has flown by. I don't know where they've gone. Um, we only had three or four hiccups of internet disappearing and not pressing record and not answering phones. But other than that, our normal normal competence was, was at its highest. <laughs> So um, we'll see what Sam can do to make this sound like the uh, the slick professionals we, that we really are. <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. You take. No, wait. You take care. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
it's only been 11 years or whatever. We'll get that bit right eventually. 